Welcome to Albright Out Loud, a podcast about the inventive, creative, and inspiring stories of the people at the heart of Albright College's vibrant community. I'm your host, Jackie Fetro, president and alumna of Albright College. And today I'm coming to you from the Center for the Arts on our beautiful campus in Reading, Pennsylvania. Albright Out Loud highlights the innovative and important learning and works that are a continuous part of Albright College and the beneficial and distinctive impact that those have for our students, our campus, and beyond. This past summer, August 2022, Albright partnered with Oxford University in England for our first Albright Creativity and Innovation Program at Oxford. In another Albright Out Loud episode, we featured some of the students in that program, those students who are actually educators in Reading and Berks County K-12 programs. Today, I'm thrilled to speak with two other folks who joined us on that trip, our Albright Entrepreneurs in Residence, and let me introduce both of them to you. First, I welcome Julia Klein, Chairwoman and Chief Executive Officer of C.H. Briggs, one of the largest independently owned distributors of specialty interior building materials in the United States. She has led the company, located right here in Northeast Reading for more than 25 years, while serving on numerous boards of directors, including the Philadelphia Reserve Bank, and in the past, the Reading Health System and the Berks County Community Foundation boards. A winner of many professional awards, Julia received the Smart CEO Magazine Brava Award and was named for the Junior Achievement Entrepreneurial Hall of Fame and is a distinguished Girl Scout alumna for the Girl Scouts of Eastern Pennsylvania. Welcome, Julia, and fellow alum of the Girl Scouts. Thank you. And second, I would like to introduce Eileen Habelow, who is founder and president of Leadership Link, a human resource innovator specializing in building highly effective and skilled leadership teams, mainly for rapidly evolving startup companies in the biotech and pharmaceutical industries. Headquartered in the greater Boston area, her company excels at helping turn teams of experts into expert teams through purposeful learning strategies, which help businesses grow by bringing out the best in their technical experts and teams. Eileen has collaborated with Albright Science Research Institute, but also has ties to Southeastern Pennsylvania because she earned her PhD at Temple University in Philadelphia. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you so much, glad to be here. I'm really grateful that both of you were willing to join me today to capture the perspectives and share the, your perspectives. Um, you both accompanied us on our Albright trip to Oxford, and you you were entrepreneurs in residence, so you both participated in the classes as well as led some of the discussions. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Julia, I'd like to start with you. The Albright at Oxford program was built as a capstone experience for the K-12 educators in Albright's total experience learning program for those educators. This is a program that leads to a certificate in educational innovation and entrepreneurship. So I'd like to ask you, could you talk a bit more about your engagement? You've been engaged with Science Research Institute and Total Experience Learning Academy for a long time. Tell us a little bit about your engagement with that program and what led you to participate in the Albright at Oxford program. 
Well, I've been engaged with the Science Research Institute from from almost the very beginning when it was just a, a small after-school program in one rural school district. And so as the program's grown and total experience learning has really taken off and uh, we began to teach the teachers and the program found its home at Albright, um, I've been delighted to be part of it. And so when this first cohort um, had the opportunity to go to Oxford and I was invited to, to go as the entrepreneur in residence, I was, I was thrilled because I really believe that teaching the teachers is the way to drive innovation and creativity in our community. Teaching the teachers is really an important thing about this experience. And I was really pleased that you came with us because you have been involved from the very beginning. What surprised you most about the trip? What did you expect and what surprised you? Well, Let's see. Um, I, I was delighted to see how engaged the teachers were, what a strong cohort they are after having gone through this program together. Um, it really energized me uh, just seeing their commitment to critical thinking, to innovation, um, and and to public school. It's been a long time since I've had really um, any involvement with public schools locally. Um, so I was completely energized uh, spending time with them. I won't say I'm, I was surprised by their dedication, but I was blown away by their passion. The passion in the room was truly amazing in the way that they bonded teachers and administrators from across school districts. You think of that kind of cohort and bonding maybe being within a school, sometimes across a school district, but this was administrators and teachers from multiple school districts in Berks. It was really amazing. And I I also would have anticipated that perhaps there there might be some, um, a little bit of contention, administrators and teachers. Not at all, just the opposite, in fact. They were really co-creating curriculum, uh, ideas about our community together and across district boundaries. It was really exciting. I love how you say that, co-creating the ideas for education. That was truly what the trip was all about. Eileen, you have known Albright's, the founder of Albright's Total Experience Learning Program for a while. Could you share with our listeners your pathway to participating as entrepreneur in residence for the Albright at Oxford program? Yeah, of course. So I love serendipity. Um, I happened to be introduced to Adele through a mutual friend and, um, their interest was spurred by watching what I was posting on LinkedIn about working with leadership teams of these fast startups. It took me about 10 minutes to fall in love with the mission of SRI, um, Adele and her passion and what she told me about her leadership team, just, just the mission driven, the energy, the commitment. Um, got me super excited to be involved. Um, so I have had the chance now to work with the growing leadership team as SRI grows exponentially, um, which is which is right up my alley because it's what I focus on when I do my um, work with corporations. You say you fell in love with the mission of SRI <laughs> and the Total Experience Learning Program. How would you articulate that mission? What was it that you fell in love with? The opportunity to bring out the tagline is something like the brilliance that lies inside every child, right? So just the acknowledgement of the diversity of approaches that you need to make every single child successful. 
I mean, that just gets me excited. My kids are long gone out of school. Um, but I would be so thrilled if I heard that total experience learning was happening in the school. I mean, I literally think about, I like the word mass customize, right? They're able to mass customize education and make it work for so many kids that it typically wouldn't work for. I mean, just passionate about that caring and customizing for every child to bring out the best in them. I have not heard that phrase before, mass customized. Mm -hmm. You are exactly right to uncover the genius in every child, which as you said, is their tagline. You you have to do it across the masses because it's every child. And you also have to customize it because this child learns differently from this child from this child. I, I think that's a really great turn of phrase to describe what they they have figured out how to do. What did you expect from the Albright at Oxford trip and what surprised you the most? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I expected... And, and then it came true to have a great engaging experience with, um, you know, top-notch educators, people changing the world of education, and then going to Oxford, like kind of mixing that up. So I totally expected that and got it. One thing that I expected, and I'm, I'm actually a little bit embarrassed to admit it, but I, I thought it would be more brain in the front teaching people who are sitting and listening, right? More of our traditional education smartest person in the room is up front about a subject and then and then interacting there was very little of that and um so i was i was actually really impressed by we we call it cross functional expertise and cross functional collaboration in the in the biotech world but really um what you talked about with administrators interacting with teachers but then teachers interacting with music professors interacting with people who run the innovation center a president of a college, right? Two business people, all of that cross pollination of expertise and ideas uh, was was really valuable for me on the trip. It was it was really definitely an experience itself in total experience learning because you're right. It was not the the sage on the stage. It was definitely the guide on the side with all every single person interacting with every single other person, whether they were K-12 educators, no matter what grade, no matter what school district, administrators, heads of the innovation program, Oxford professors. It really definitely was that collaborative learning. You didn't expect that, huh? Not, not, uh, no, not very much, actually. <laughs> not very much. Was there something that for, for both of you, Julie, Julia and Eileen, is there something that kind of came out of those collaborative exercises? Because you both led collaborative exercises. Was there something that came out of those that surprised you? Well, a couple things surprised me. I, I completely agree with Eileen. It was a, a very stimulating mix. And I, I didn't know anybody that, that was in the group going into this. And we were talking from coffee in the morning through very late nights. Uh, it was, we, were, we were just stimulated from every perspective. And that, that was incredibly exciting 
two things that um, surprised me. I think one, I realized with a little bit of um, sadness, I think, um, how limited the professional development opportunities um, have been for K through 12 educators. They, they get a lot of professional development, but in a pretty narrow band of kind of in their curriculum specialty, in their, their field. Um, so, so the idea to be someplace different um, with exposure to uh, really different kinds of thinkers was very new to them. And, and that surprised me because that's um, part and parcel of my professional business development world. Um, and then I, I also think I was a bit surprised in a, a real positive way about how closely aligned uh, we were K through 12 educators and administrators, and me as a, a, a you know quasi representative of the business community. How we really saw the opportunities and challenges and future of our community. How, how we saw a lot of that in very much the same ways. That was a really um, positive but surprising takeaway for me. I, I would agree with you that alignment across all of the constituencies mm -hmm. was was really amazing. And the I remember that when one of the teachers said to me, we have never been treated like professionals before as we are being treated here. And I'm like, I, I agree with you. It, it just comment almost floored me because I think of teachers as being, you know, they're teaching our kids. They are definitely professionals. And they, they said, this is the first time I've been treated as a professional. I was really amazed by that. Mm -hmm. Eileen, was there yeah, anything that I came out it. of your um, your session that you that, that surprised you? I actually want to tag on um, just a little bit around the development of the teachers because what I what I observed and and watching their reflection sessions. First of all, I saw consummate like amazing professionals, right? And but the other thing I thought about was just the develop the professional development they're getting literally being cutting edge and world class right so they're getting total experience learning through total experience learning as an approach and just the attention and the respect for the the role of neuroscience in learning and teaching and innovating i mean that that is by the way the way things work in k through 12 it's the way things work in business it's the way that things work in innovative r and d teams right? You've got to pay attention to the neuroscience of all of that and how you can get the best out of other people. Your, your company focuses on executive coaching and developing teams and leaders. And I think what you just said really brings that in, in terms of that building that cohesiveness and focusing on that development over the week. Yes. Yes. And I would say just like the teams that I work with who are in research and development, trying to cure, you know, diseases, I want those adults to be self-directed, to be motivated to solve the problem, to be innovative thinking outside the box and talking to people who are outside of their area of expertise to get unique insights. Like to me, it's just, it's the same. It's a great way to learn and a great way to innovate no matter how old you are. It is a great way to learn. And, and you and I had a, had an interesting conversation, maybe several, about can you take this approach to learning, this total experience learning methodology that works so, so very well with students K-12, and can would it work with adults, or, 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 or are we adults more set in our ways? And I still, have, I still think that's a really interesting question, Eileen, because you're right. That's what we want our teams to be able to do. Yeah. 
there, there is an interesting, um, there's some interesting research on the paradox of expertise. And basically what that research says is the more expertise you have, the more biases you have, right? And, and by the way, your biases aren't necessarily wrong all the time, right? But it is more difficult to get an MD, PhD, oncologist who's been working in the field for 25 years. It's a little bit more difficult to get them off of their, I think this is the best idea, right? Because it's their field, it's their area of expertise. And by the way, they are correct all the time. So the, the biggest challenge is to get them to be open enough to listen. They can hold on to their great idea, but to get them to listen to it and to explore and, and actually respect someone who doesn't have that same level of expertise. So it's a little tougher for sure. I thought one of the things that, that worked so beautifully in Oxford was um, some of the techniques that we practiced and trained on to get everybody to bring their best thinking to whatever the, the problem of the day might be. So we had um, really uh, teachers new in their professional careers, um, elementary school librarians, uh, right next to very senior teachers close to retirement in computer science, and an entrepreneur and an administrator, all focused on some design thinking exercises to uh, just tackle a problem, to practice the technique of ideation. And it, it was it was phenomenal to see what everybody um, put together coming from their very different perspectives. And my hope for the week, and, and I, th I think this really came true, was uh, that they would learn and practice the techniques and be very comfortable then taking them back to their home districts, to their classrooms, to their faculty meetings, that, that they'd be um, trained and confident in being able to bring lots of ideas to the table. I hope that's true for them. I hope they said that when, when they were in uh, talking with you with their reflections. It is true. And in fact, one of the things that they asked for, because if you're out there on this cutting edge of, of a, an approach to teaching, you have to be a leader because you're going to get rejected sometimes you're going to have people push back and and they asked for a teacher sanctuary so we created that space for them here at Albright College and the amazing thing Julia is it's grown so they have now more people coming into it because it's a space just for teachers from the Berks County school districts to relax to brainstorm to share ideas to share what's working in their classroom and not working and they also asked for the next training they want is leadership development. So how do we bring in these cutting edge ideas into our schools and, and help others to learn how cool this is? What are those leadership skills that would help us to do that? So you are exactly right. That's terrific. And that, that, that to me reinforces that everybody can be an entrepreneur. That everybody can make things happen from wh wherever their, whatever their perch is. That's great. Yeah, it is. It, it is, and it was seeing seeing K twelve teachers be so excited is just amazing. And a, another thing that um, that really this did surprise me. So when we were, you know, we're going through, and I'm listening to the teachers reflect, and you know, I know enough about total experience learning to know it is the way to go. Right? It's going to revolutionize things. And what I hadn't considered, because I'm not on the front line like these amazing teachers and administrators are, is that when they go back to the school and some people are in their safe space, which means don't move my cheese, right? What do you mean we're going to change the way we work in a classroom? I really had not thought about 
how much change management and change leadership these teachers and administrators really need to get good at themselves and to get support. I, I feel like that's still a nut to crack. Like, how do you get these incredibly innovative proven methods into a very kind of like the paradox of expertise, very established been run the same way, right? Work the same way. How do you get these new innovative ideas accepted and then multiplied? I I really hadn't reflected on that because frankly, it's not my, you know, it's not my space. Um, So I I think that's something really important for all of us to keep in mind is that, that support for change management. The leadership and change management. And I think it was really interesting that the teachers recognized that they needed it and that they asked for exactly that kind of training as the next part of their training here at Albright. So I thought that was really interesting because like you, Eileen, I never would have guessed that that has to be part of it. But, But here's the opportunity, I think. It's not just um, to help any particular kid um, bring out their genius and their creativity. That's happening in the after-school programs, in the academies, and all of that. But to have teachers bring that kind of thinking and that opportunity for worldwide education change. And I, I, I don't say that, I mean, I mean, really, that's that's the opportunity here. Um, that's from teaching the teachers and inspiring the administrators to think differently about how K through 12 education works. And that to me was the biggest takeaway um, from the entire week is the opportunity to do that and the excitement that these folks had in going back to their districts and making that happen. Making that happen. Changing, changing the way the K-12 education works. I think one of the other distinctive things about our week, it was not just our group and you as the entrepreneurs in residence, but we also interacted and, and heard from several Oxford professors, somebody, one of them who talked about the Innovation Center, one of them who talked about um, his work in music and that interactions of music across disciplines. And one of them who's an Albright alumnus who talked about artificial intelligence and engaged us in that conversation. Is there anything distinctive or interesting that you took away from those conversations with the Oxford professors? I am still t- totally enamored by the music professor who was also our host at St. Stephen's I was so captivated by his sharing of his process, his creative process. And the the thing that I remember that struck me the most about his him sharing his process was what he called layers, right? When he's building these symphonies, these world-class symphonies, um, that that he has layers, that there's a technical layer, there's a tone layer, there's a personality layer. And then he even said that there's a personal level. Right. So and he said that he doesn't share that often because that's kind of his personal level. And just the um, I think the complexity of the process kind of still enamored me. I have not one musical bone in my body. So um, I guess that would be natural for me to be enamored by it. But just the complexity of the process. And then when he told the story about writing a symphony for um, the, the King Tut exhibit. Right. And that he visited Egypt with an Egyptian soprano, sat in the pyramids and had her sing so that he could get the tone. I was just blown away by, I was just blown away by the level of expertise um, required to build something like that. 
He, he was incredibly inspiring. And my, my biggest takeaway also comes from that same professor. A little bit different twist. Uh, all of the teachers were, as he was describing the, the Oxford approach to education, all of the, the American teachers were really questioning him. Well, you know, how do you know if you've been effective? How do you know uh, if, if students are learning what they're supposed to be learning? And he listened and, and kept um, trying to explain the, the individually directed kind of learning uh, that happens at Oxford. And then finally, he said something like, well, I think American education is a bit overcooked. <laughs> and I, I thought that was really a great way to, to summarize this. Now, you know, I'm, I'm a business person, so I believe in measures and metrics. Um, and as I, I, I said, it's been a long time since I've been involved in the, the public K through 12 system. Um, but it was clear to me after um, being immersed in the Oxford way um, that our focus on tests and scores and metrics um, somewhat limits the time available for critical thinking, for analysis, and for creativity. And I, all of the th – th this wasn't news to any of the teachers, <laughs> for sure. Um, but, but that – just the way he turned that phrase, that we're a bit overcooked, uh, I thought that was a really interesting way to think about it. And that's a big takeaway for me as I work um, through the business community in education partnerships to think about maybe changing our focus a bit away from just pure metrics to a broader discussion about success. I think that's that's well stated. I think it's been a challenge for Adele Shade, the 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 founder of and developer of this program, to think about how do you bring in that time for creative thinking and and really out of the box analysis and still meet the Pennsylvania State Department of Education standards on which the students and the schools and the teachers are evaluated. I, I think that's a real challenge and one that she, because she always says, and at the same time, meeting the Pennsylvania State Department of Ed Standards. So I really appreciate you saying that, Julia. I, I, one of, I think one of the pieces to look at is um, meeting those standards, not optional helping students and teachers develop creativity and critical thinking skills, also not optional. We can't put that to the side. And so how do we bring it together? Yes. And, 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 and tests like the Torrance test have shown that creativity in, in, in American students um, has declined since the 1990s. It, it was on a rise. In, in the United States, but it's been declining since then. And I'm, I've begun, and one of the things that was a takeaway for me from this trip was really thinking about putting that national data together with how we do our teaching um, in this, what he called an overcooked kind of way. So. Yeah. Well, one, one thing that I'm thinking um, that could be a motivator and energizer, and I, Adele and I have, um, we've, we've dipped our toe trying to work this out, but if we could get some of the leading R&D companies to come visit a few of these children, watch them in the lab or bring them up to their companies, you know, companies are going to want to hire students who have been educated in this way of thinking and working because total experience learning teaches you how to think, right? So companies are going to be, once, once a few companies get onto this, they are going to be so excited. They're going to want to own every student that comes out of there, right? It's, it, I really think that could be, and again, Adele and I are dipping our toes in and, 
um, you know, change, managing change and expectations of companies. But boy, once a few companies get a look into what these students are doing, I mean, the exponential growth is going to continue. I, I think that's true, Eileen. I worry about the kids because I think you're right. The employers are going to want them and many of them are going to want to go to college first. And I wonder about when they get into college and they sit into lectures, is that going to be boring for them? How? What's the impact of that education going to be? And I've I've been thinking a lot about that as, as president of Albright College. We're working to bring professional development and total experience learning to our professors, but that'll take some time. Well, it's, it's funny that you say that. I literally wrote a little note to myself. Maybe someday um, students will graduate from high school with SRI and go right to the company, kind of like right to the company, kind of like the pros who skip college and they go right to the pros. You know, maybe someday that'll happen. I, I think it could. And as a college trustee, I think I, I would add that uh, maybe more optimistically, uh, maybe we'll see students enroll who have a more cross-disciplinary focus, um, who are designing their own majors or putting them together differently and go to the kinds of schools where that's possible. And maybe they'll be bringing more creativity and critical thinking skills to um, every class they do and will want to do more self-directed work. And there, there are places for students like that, that it might not be in a gigantic lecture hall um, in uh, in, in a, a very narrow discipline. But there are lots of options. And my hope is that kids coming out of the SRI program will embrace all of those options for their futures. I, I have the same hope that you do. I'd like to ask both of you. So, so Julia, in your, in your work as an entrepreneur and civic leader and Eileen, in your work as an executive trainer, does anything that you learned at the Albright at Oxford program translate into your work? Oh, sure. You know, for me, I I came home just energized um, to to remember to put human-centered design at the forefront of every meeting and every problem that we tackle, and to be really even more purposeful about uh, making sure there are all kinds of voices around the table. Uh, you know, that's easy to say and hard to do and easy to forget. <laughs> so um, I, I came back reminding myself, especially in solving community problems, uh, to make sure that there are some teachers around the table, that not everybody has the same background and same approach. That was a, a gigantic takeaway for me. Eileen? Yeah, I think um, the intersection of expertise became a theme, right, when, as we were working there. But what I would say is um, what I think total experience learning as a system has done is just that created a system, right? What we've got in the workplace, and I do work with many of these techniques, but, the, but, but there's no system of organization for it. What we can learn from total experience learning as a system is literally pulling together some disparate techniques, tactics, and even principles of, you know, neuroleadership, design thinking, um, uh, how to drive innovation, all of those things, and creating a system for, and I don't know what you call it in the corporate world, but just total experience learning as a system, I think would be valuable. I, I like that. I like that both of you came as the entrepreneurs in residence, and both of you took something away <laughs> that translates into your own work. So thank you for that. I'd ask each of you, um, as we come to the end of our program, to share, is there a memory of that week at Oxford that stands out for you? 
Oh, sure. For me, I think it was standing in front of the Sheldonian Library, uh, which is an iconic building. Uh, Maybe some listeners have seen it in some of the Harry Potter movies. And just thinking about the generations of teachers and students um, who, who were in that building, um, on that campus, uh, on the many campuses at Oxford, um, creating new knowledge and working together over over years and years. That, that it was it was inspiring to be there. You can feel it in the in the air. You can taste it in the tea. You know that you drink every afternoon at four. Um, that that's a wonderful memory. And standing there with um, all of these folks from home, uh, none of whom I knew previously, um, in a, a really in a cohort. Um, kind of supporting one another's growth and um, real dreams for the future uh, for their districts, their kids, our community. Uh, that that's that was inspiring and really something that stayed with me. It's amazing the oldest university in the in the English speaking world. You can really feel that when you're there. Yes, exactly. Eileen, do you have a memory to share? Yes, I do. Mine's a little. Um, mine was a personal um, interaction. Um, but one of the things that led to this was I loved how they set up meals where you literally filed in, in the order that you walked in, leaving no spaces so that, and that's a practice they use so that every meal you're sitting next to somebody different potentially. So one of those mornings I ended up sitting next to the music professor and, um, you know, the Oxford way is being genuinely curious and asking questions, not solving the problem for the kid, but you know, really um, exploring with them. And I was talking about um, what I felt like was next for me professionally. And I don't mean like new company or new anything. I just mean new direction. Like where would I want to focus my intellectual energy? What else did I need to learn? And he absolutely, he turned to me and asked me two very genuinely curious questions. Didn't try to solve my problem. You know, just asked me genuinely curious questions. And what struck me was, the Oxford way was real, right? It was not just something they taught. They said like that whole intro presentation that he gave us about how Oxford educates and evaluates. He, he just demonstrated it. It was like literally the way that he lived and taught. And that, that was um, just that authentic um, interaction. Um, I'll, I'll never forget it. That's an amazing example of the power of the Oxford way of educating and really an amazing um, moment, a memory to end our podcast together on. The Albright at Oxford trip was truly a transformative experience, not just for the educators and the students, but also for the three of us who were there on the trip and participated in it. As one of the program participants said after the week, she said, never underestimate the value of a moment of impact, the pivotal power of adversity, and the magic of play. And I love what she said. I think it describes our experience quite well. And I'm grateful to both of you for joining me to talk about your takeaways and your experience of this trip and the future ahead for the Total Experience Learning Program at Albright College. I also wanna thank our listeners for being part of this engaging conversation. I hope we will want to learn more about Albright College by visiting our website at albright.edu. To stay on top of all the exciting and innovative happenings on our campus, please subscribe to this Albright Out Loud podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
or Amazon Music or wherever you happen to hear your podcasts and join me for our next exploration on Albright Out Loud.